Welcome to the Overcomers Christian Center podcast. We are so glad to bring you the Word of God in this format. If this is your first time tuning in with us, know that you are welcome here. We hope that the Word of God blesses you and changes your life. to be in the presence of God I want you to demonstrate that are you happy to be in the presence of God thank you I want to start by honoring the leadership of the church mommy grace bishop Vaughn, and our father bishop Charles Joseph for believing in the youth ministry and for giving us this opportunity to serve our God in our own way I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know what I'm going to talk about this morning. I had a message that came to me during the week, and I sat down yesterday to elaborate on it, and I did it again this morning, and he started to take me in a different direction when I got the revelation about the name of God. The name of God is, I think that is a topic that we can talk about our entire lives, because you know, the human brain, as powerful and as intelligent as it can be, cannot grasp the magnitude of the greatness of God. We cannot understand him so much that our entire existence has been spent trying to define him. And science has tried to, to explain him away. And they've come up with all sorts of theories. The Big Bang. Okay, what happened before the world was created? Who? And you've ha we've had millions and millions of religion searching for a God that cannot be defined. And cannot be contained. And cannot be explained. And we are so, so, so lucky. Not lucky. We are gracious. Because it's by his grace that we know him. There is nothing that happens in our lives that is by luck or by chance or by coincidence. I have seen it firsthand. And we just want to talk about God this morning. That's what I want to talk about. I just, I want to talk about him. I want to talk to him. I want to hear from him. So I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. During the worship, I said that Buddhists and Muslims and atheists and heretics speak the name of God even without your knowledge and that what sets us apart is our knowledge of him. And I want us to open to John 17 from verse 2 to 3. I want the youth to have a mic because they're the ones who will be handing the reading this morning. Hallelujah. John 17, 2 to 3. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might be give eternal life to all, to all those who have given him. Now this eternal life that they know, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom I sent. Whom Can you read verse three again, please? Now this eternal life. Now this is eternal life. Mm -hmm. That they know you. That they know you. The that we know you. Thank you, Emery. That we know you. This is eternal life. Our, the mere knowledge of God is eternal life. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to make any sacrifice. You don't have to burn any animals because his son took care of that. So the mere knowledge of God 
from the New Testament gives us eternal life. Do you know what that means? That there are people who have lived their whole lives worshipping idols, doing all sorts of rituals, and that does not benefit them in any way. But just the fact that we know his name and that we serve him and we come into his presence gives us eternal life. So I want to ask you this morning, do you know your God? Do you know your God? I, I had this thought, I don't know exactly when, a few weeks ago, I believe. If you continue to gather your knowledge of God from the words of other people, what Bishop Vaughn says about God, what Reverend Grace says about God, what Pastor Solomon says about God, you don't know your God. You know their God, not yours. So how do you know your God? You seek him for yourself. You dwell in his presence. You study his word. You humble yourself before him in worship. The best time that God loves to reveal himself to his people is through worship. The very heart of worship, sorry, the very heart of God is worship. When the Bible talks about Lucifer and how it all began, Lucifer was the closest angel to God. Who was Lucifer? He was the head of the department of worship in heaven. It was not the bravest angel or the most courageous angel or angel Gabriel who handles the warriors and the prayers. It was the angel who handles worship who was closest to the presence of God. So if you want to know how to get closer to God, start with worship. Start with reverence. Start with humbling yourself before his sovereignty. That is how you get close to God. You can know the Bible from the first page to the last page all you want, but if you don't reverence him, you don't know God. That's why David, he said specifically about David, this is a man after my own heart. And we can say in our day and age, imagine someone who is married. Not only does he covet another woman, he can have her, he's a king, he can have her. But he is so selfish that he kills her husband, takes her, has a child with her. But God still calls him a man after his own heart. Not because he is the most righteous, not because he's the most courageous or the bravest, but because he is a worshiper. Worship is not only songs and lyrics and melody. Worship is honesty. Worship is vulnerability. From the beginning of the book of Psalms to the end, you see David tussling with God. One time he will say to God, my soul is downcast. Another time he will say, I raise your name above the heavens. When I look up to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. He was honest and he was vulnerable before God. His pride did not interfere with his worship. His status as king did not interfere with his worship. His wealth did not interfere with his worship. So who are you? Are you too big to worship God? Are you too big to pay him respect? No matter how many tongues you speak, if you're not a worshiper, you cannot get close to his presence. You cannot enter his presence. And I don't know about you, but I want to be as close to God as I can possibly be. I want to be in him. He says in his word that for in him we live, in him we move, 
And in him, we have our entire being. Not through him, not beside him, not in front of him, but in him. How do you get into God? How do you get into his presence? Through knowledge and worship. The knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Yahweh. Hallelujah. During the worship, I tried to make us understand the origin of the word Yahweh. And the word rock came to my mind. Ruach, I think, I believe we've spoken about this here before. Bishop Charles Joseph has preached on that word here. And Ruach is defined as the life force of God. Ruach is the breath of God. And so when we hear Yahweh, it's the first cry of a baby. He calls the name of God. The very first breath he takes, he calls the name of God. In Exodus, um, I would like us to open to Exodus. Hallelujah. Just one second, please. Hallelujah. It says, the children of God sighed. The children of Israel sighed unto the Lord. I told you at the beginning, he took me in a completely different direction. So I'm just going as I am being led this morning. Um, Exodus chapter 2 verse 23. Exodus 2:23. During the long period the king of Egypt died, the Israelites ground in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. Amen. Can I have a different version, please? Can we have ESV? Hallelujah. Amen. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed. They did not pray. They did not incantate. They sighed. So that means even when your heart is too heavy for words, you know what a sigh is? In Africa, when people do, we call that a sigh, but that's not a sigh. That's, his. that's a his. A sigh is this. So when you cannot even pronounce the word, just when you sigh, God hears you. God hears you and you start to put heaven to work. So how much more when you pray? How much more when you intentionally seek him? How much more when you go into his presence and you make your request known to the king of kings? If he cannot just hear you when you sigh, how much more when you pray and when you seek him? I am tired of nonchalance, and I am tired of being lukewarm, and I am tired of just going with the flow. I want to be intentional about my relationship with God. 
and I want to be intentional about seeking him. And I want us as a congregation to be intentional. Because if you haven't noticed, we are in a period of revival. We are in a period where the Lord wants the true sons of God and true worshipers to manifest themselves in spirit and in truth. I want us to focus on the part that says truth. Because Christianity nowadays has become pretense. And it has become performance. God is not looking for performance. He is not looking for a good decorated church. He is not looking for lights. He is not even looking for a great outfit or even a great voice. He is looking for truth. People who can say, God, I know I am not deserving, but I want to know you. And I am ready to humble myself before you. And I am ready to seek your face. And I am ready to stand in the gap for my nation. I am ready to stand in the gap for my generation and seek your face. Those are the people that God is looking for. So I want you, as we spend time here this morning, to begin to make a resolution in your heart about the type of relationship you want to have with God. Do you want to be a lukewarm Christian? Because in Revelations, he says he will spit you out. We have tried to blur the, the lines between righteousness and unrighteousness. And we make justifications for sin and we justify bad behavior. And one thing that has always rubbed me the wrong way is that in the church, they have put lust on a pedestal. Lust, the sin. And yes, lust, the Bible tells us to flee from it. It, it is dangerous. But you will see a Christian who is celibate, but they lie. They disobey, they're envious, they covet, they steal, they disrespect, and they're proud and haughty. But because they're celibate, they're righteous. And you forget that for you to even give in to loss, there are so many sins that have gotten you to that place. Obviously, if you're married and you're giving in to loss out of your marriage, you have to lie. You have to dishonor your vows. If you're looking at a woman that belongs to another man, you've coveted, you've envied, you've been jealous. And then when you finally give into it, the lust, you've seen probably a hundred times. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about our behavior in the church. We don't talk about how we represent God in the church. And God does not ask for action. He asks for obedience. Obedience is what he wants. He said, your obedience to me is greater than your sacrifice. And I want to use an example in the Bible. Moses. Hallelujah. It would be from the book of Exodus again. Oh, sorry. Numbers chapter 20 from verse 10 to 13. Numbers 20, 10 to 13. If you're there, can I get an amen? Numbers 20, 10 to 13. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. Moses said to them, listen now, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his hand in anger, and with his rod he struck the rock twice. And the water poured out abundantly. And the congregation and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron, because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, you therefore shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given to them. These are the waters of Meribah, 
where the sons of Israel contended with the Lord, and he showed himself holy among them. Amen. Thank you. For us to understand this story, for those who don't know, I'm just going to give a quick background. So the children of the Lord had been, of Israel, had been in the desert for a long time. And obviously we know that there's no water in the desert. And they were thirsty and they needed water. And the children of Israel are a little bit like us. When something is not going our way, we start to, we start to grumble and we start to talk bad about our leader. And we start to tell them, well, you told us this and now we're in this situation and what are you going to do about it? And so that is what they did to Moses. So imagine millions and millions of people complaining about Moses to Moses. And so he couldn't handle it. So he went into the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says him and Aaron fell flat before the Lord. And he revealed himself to them. And he said to them, take your rod and go out and speak. Listen attentively. Speak to the rock and water shall pour out. And so Moses comes out of the temple and he has to go through the people of Israel to get to the rock. So just imagine this. He is walking through them and they are booing him. What are you going to do about this? What, we want water. We want water. And his anger starts to rise and he gets to the rock. And instead of speaking to it as he was instructed, he hits it. Your behavior before the people of God matters. Because we can say Moses was an angry person. Yes, he was. But in that moment, he was provoked to anger. And yet, God did not justify his behavior. He didn't say, oh, yeah, I saw how the children of Israel were treating you. Yes, it's okay. You got angry. It's fine. Because even after he struck the, the rock, instead of speaking to it as instructed, God still honored his word. But what did he say after that? He said, because you did not believe in me. This is the line that speaks to me most to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of israel if you're a leader if god has called you to any position in his house your behavior matters more than whatever preaching you could ever give or whatever ministration you could ever give because while you may still have solution and you may still perform signs and wonders under his power because he called you if you're not obedient to him and to his instruction, he will spit you out. Because you're not only responsible for yourself, and you're not only representing yourself, you are representing him to an audience of people. And there are people who have come in, and they've gotten bored by administration, but after church, they saw how you were speaking to the next person, and you were being arrogant to them, and they walked away, and they never came back. God is interested in, in the winning of souls, and we don't win souls on the altar. We win souls in our offices. We win souls at school. We win souls in our families. We win souls when we go out with our friends. How we behave speaks louder than anything else we could ever do for God. And so when he said, you did not believe in me, not that you didn't have faith in me, but to uphold me as holy, to represent my righteousness, to not give in to your anger before the people of God, Manage your habits. Manage your habits. If you continue to do things because X or Y did this to you, your entire existence will be a reaction to what other people do. And sometimes you need to step up and take action. You need to say, okay, I know if I step into this situation, I am going to do this, so I am not going to allow myself to get there in the first place. 
act, don't react. And even when you do react, manage it. I have always believed I'm a very sensitive person. Um, as you could see earlier when I started crying. Well, granted, that was the Holy Spirit. But I cry about everything, honestly. Um, when I'm sad, I cry. When I'm angry, I cry. When I'm hungry, I cry. When I'm happy, I cry. <sighs> when I'm tired, I cry. When I see something that's so beautiful that I don't have words, I, I cry. It could be a pair of shoes, honestly. I love shoes. <sighs> but they make me cry sometimes. <laughs> and so that's besides the point. But I've lived my life that way. And so anything that anyone would do to me, I, I would justify my reaction by saying, oh, you know I'm sensitive. And God began to do a work in me because I started to understand that he is calling me to manage a very interesting set of people, the youth. And you know, youth, especially in this side of the world, they know how to hurt your feelings. They know exactly what to say to poke at you. And when I just got here in 2018, Amri can attest to this, I would cry almost every choir practice. That's how unruly this beautiful bunch of crazy human beings are. And so God started to fine tune me. He started to tell me you cannot react to every single thing. And even if you do want to cry, you can go cry when you're at home. Don't do that in front of them. And so that statement started to manifest itself in my life last year. And Pastor Solomon during Sunday School has been talking about the growth of a Christian, how you can know a Christian who truly knows God is by the fact that you're growing and not staying stagnant. And I've been making this statement to my friends that there's so much that has changed in me and I don't even know when that happened. That I can stand in front of a situation that would otherwise completely break my heart and stand my ground and believe in my God to know what's best for me. And that is what he wants from you. He wants you to believe in him and uphold him as holy. Faith does not only happen when you're faced with a mountain or when someone is in the hospital or when you need money. Faith is also in your behavior. That, okay, this person stepped on my toe. Do I step back on their toe or do I trust God to handle it for me? That is faith. That God will fight all your battles even when you stay calm. Because for some reason, people have viewed calmness as a, as a weakness. And I don't understand that because I can honestly say that every war that has been launched from the beginning of time was completely useless. And that is because the world is run by men. <laughs> okay, I'm not here to cause division, but you don't have to react to everything. There is a solution. And if we are believers in God, we can trust God to handle the situation for, for us. And he wants you to manage your habits. He wants you to manage the things that trigger you. He wants you to manage the things that provoke you. Trust in him and uphold him as holy. Amen. I'll be rounding up the message this morning. We have talked about the name of God. We have talked about knowing God. And we have talked about managing our habits. And so I just want us to stand to our feet this morning. Can we please stand to our feet this morning? Hallelujah. You know, sometimes, um, love told me once that 
Habits are typically formed from the way that we grow up, from the experiences we've had. People don't just act a certain way just because they want to. Yes, sometimes they do, but most times it comes from somewhere. And I want you to trust in the healing power of God that whatever has caused you to be triggered constantly or to react in ways that would bring dishonor to his name, that he is able to heal it. He is able to reach into your heart and heal that wound. He is able to reach into your heart and heal that disappointment. He is the God who will never leave you nor forsake you. And he is present here this morning. And I just want you to raise your hands in humility to him. Tell him, Lord, I surrender myself completely to you. I surrender my habits. I surrender my triggers. I surrender my flaws. I surrender it all to you. Reach into my heart and begin to transform me. Transform me from the inside out. That when I step out, everything that they will see is you. When I walk, they will, they will see you. When I talk, they will see you. When I sing, they will see you. Even in the way I dress, they will see you. The way I treat my neighbor, the way I love my family will be a reflection of you. Heal whatever is broken in me. Heal whatever is causing me to behave the way that I do. Heal whatever is causing me to bring dishonor to your name and transform me. Transform me, Lord. I surrender myself to you. I surrender myself to you. Father, I bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for bringing your word. Thank you for manifesting your power. Thank you for manifesting your spirit, oh God. You have used us this morning as an instrument of transformation, as an instrument of revival. And I pray for everyone who has their hands raised to you, oh God, that you shall begin to create a transformation in them, an impactation of your power in them, that you shall transform their habits, transform their patterns, transform their routines, that everything we do as a congregation, everything we do as a generation will give glory to your name, that our lives will be a walking, talking ministry of you. Our lives will be a living testimony, acceptable up to you, like sweet perfume, like sweet perfume. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we've prayed. In the mighty name of Jesus, we've prayed. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your presence. And we pray that as we leave this sanctuary, oh God, even, as, even when we leave, that your word will not depart from us. That it shall stay.